My name is Jessie Franken, and I am from the Barn Therapeutic Writing Center in Leeton, Missouri. And my favorite session from today was um, from Dr. Darren Olson, and he um, gave us some education on um, autism, and it was extremely helpful in talking about behaviors, and I work a lot with those kiddos, and so it was really informative. My name is Emerson Franken, and I'm from Missouri. I work for the Barn. And my favorite was probably the ADHD and ADD talk by Katie, and I just loved it a lot. It was very informative. Hi, I'm Dawn Carlson with Rhythms of Grace outside of Des Moines, Iowa. It's tough to pick a favorite. There's lots of good topics. It's great networking. Um, the one topic I'm really interested in learning more on is how to empower our volunteers to be better horse leaders. Welcome back to the show, Cassidy and Edie. Today, we are going to dive into a little bit about why we think education is so important because we're coming hot off the heels of PATH International Region 7 Conference, which we just hosted here in Gretna, Nebraska at Hetra. And we also chose to offer a kind of a pre-conference workshop that was separate called Hetra University Live. So I'm sure if you've been following along to the podcast or us on social media, you've seen some of the stuff we've put out about it. Um, and we had so much fun. We interacted with so many different professionals from all over um, our region and really took a lot of awesome information home, not only just from um, presentations, but also networking and other things and people we got to meet as well. So I'm going to let my guests introduce themselves. So Edie, why don't you go first? So my name's Edie Godden and I'm the CEO here at Hetra. I'm also an occupational therapist. A clinical specialist in hippotherapy and a certified therapeutic writing instructor. So I have a lot of different hats I wear, um, and I do I do still carry a small um, arena caseload because mm -hmm. I just don't ever want to give that up. That's right. Keeps you current. What about you, Miss Cassidy? Hi guys, my name is Cassidy Godden. I'm our equine operations manager here at Hetra. Um, I've been pretty blessed to grow up in this industry, not only the horse industry, but um, with Hetra. Um, been with him my whole life, 22 years. <laughs> I'm also a CTRI. Awesome. So the reason I have you both on today is because I want to hear your reflections on why Hetra puts such a emphasis on education. And I think that we value that not only with education with our staff, because we put a ton of time and effort into not only our training, our instructors and our therapists, but also our volunteers, right? Like we have a ton of different volunteer levels. Um, we just, we really put an emphasis on education and I am interested to know how that was born, Edie, and why, why that's so important to us at Hetra. I do think that is a core value for us. And I feel like um, the minute you say you know it all, you better get out because, mm -hmm. and I, and I feel it very strongly with horses. Um, but I also feel that very strongly with the kind of work that we do. Like if you ever say, I know it all, you probably best better go ahead and retire. Hang up your hat. <laughs> That's the time to retire. Yeah. And none of us are ready for that. Mm -hmm. So I think that staying educated helps us ultimately stay safe. And it ultimately helps us provide better experience, not only for our participants, but our volunteers and our horses. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah. What's that saying? Um, when you know better, do better. I can't Ooh. think of what it is, but I think that's truth. I hope that that's what it is because that sounds right. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. 
Okay. So how does, how do we, um, I guess, leverage education within our organization internally? We have a lot of different ways that we do that. Um, one of them is encouraging our staff to attend um, different continuing education events, activities, um, whether that's within our community or attending a PATH event, or maybe it's a horse-related event, um, and, and maybe it's on site where they go, maybe it's a webinar. Um, obviously, we look for as much free stuff as we can because mm -hmm. we are a nonprofit and that is super important. Um, but there is education that we do need to pay for, and it's important that our um, instructors and therapists do go for that education as well. Do we pay for our staff to do continuing education or to send them to conference or anything like that? We do. Yeah. So I don't know how many staff, I don't know the final number of staff we had that attended this conference, but I know it was a lot. Um, and we did pay for all of them to attend. And I feel like that that's really important. If we want them to keep their skills up, we need to help them do that. Mm -hmm. Especially because that comp this conference was in our backyard, right? We hosted it. So it was convenient for us to send people, which we know sometimes that's not always the case, right? Um, but we were fortunate enough for that this time. Um, Cassie, do you want to talk a little bit about education within our volunteer system and how you feel like that's helped us from like a horse perspective? Yeah. Um, so the amount of volunteers that we have that come in our program and see, you know, and handle those horses is super important. That consistency is important there as far as safety, our number one, we go mm -hmm. back to safety. Um, but consistency is important. Yeah. So we get volunteers that have no horse experience, right? Right. And we work them through the hetero way, quote unquote. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you think like the hetero way helps us or how you feel like important you feel like it is? Yeah. So all of our horses, when they come in, they're trained um, extensively through our way and handled by staff mm -hmm. specifically before we let them go down to volunteers. Um, and we have a step down level there. It's super important that we follow that so that those horses are, ha you know, happy, healthy, sane and sound. Shelby's little quote. Mm, that's right. That's um, right. And it does help prevent that burnout that we see. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like the education we provide to our volunteers is something that they, our volunteers think is like a, I can't believe I have to go to another training in order to do this. Or do you feel like they're eager to, or it motivates them? How do you feel like the, um, I guess, posture is from our volunteers about all the training and education we offer? Very positive. They want to learn more. They want to be hands-on. Um, they were super excited to volunteer with some of the Hutter University Live stuff, mm -hmm. some of the PATH Region 7 Conference stuff, being hands-on, learning that education on, on that side. They were super excited to be here. I think that's kind of speaks volumes that a volunteer was excited to come to our Hutter University Live and our Region 7 conference when, you know, that's targeted more at our instructors, right? But we've involved our volunteers so much in education that they want to learn more about exactly what's happening kind of like on the other side of the horse, right? Like what we're doing from instructor's point of view. I think that's really cool. Well, and I think, you know, in, at Hetra at least, we have many homegrown instructors and that's yeah. where they come from is our volunteer group and those volunteers that have interest and they want to keep exploring and learning. We provide them the opportunities and hopefully one day they do want to become instructors. And if that's the case, we're going to help them make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's shift gears just a little bit and talk about what were some of the things we saw at conference 
kind of upcoming things in the industry or what you know kinds of questions did we get a lot about? What would you say some of those themes were for conference as a whole, Edie? I think volunteer training was a big one yeah. um, and horse training because we have a very specific way we lead our horses, which is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got a lot of questions about that. Um, and then I think people want to know, like, what, are, what, how do you handle the different programming things at your center? How many, how many participants do you see? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they can figure out how that relates back to them, right? So if they see 15 participants, only during the summer months, it's going to be very different than a program that sees 70 participants all year round. Mm-hmm. And so how you manage your horses and and even what horses you have. So, you know, I think for us, our horses are here year round. For some programs, those horses come in for eight weeks and then they go back home. And, you know, they're hoping they get the same horses back the next year, but that's not always the case. And Cassidy, did you hear some of that as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the different connections on how we get our horses was a, mm-hmm. a big one on how I heard. Question. Yeah. Horse, horses, finding horses is really hard right now in mm-hmm. the industry. The horse industry is still pretty strong. And so I think horses are expensive and it's, it's hard to find the right one. And, and I think as industry, industry as a whole, we're deciding more and more that you know we need horses that are serviceably sound mm-hmm. and you know, that can do the job that we want them to do. Yeah. I heard a lot of discussion about, um, we had a, our vet come in and speak, um, shout out Dr. Cook. Um, she did a great job talking about how to, um, you know, not only how to find kind of horses in our industry, but like the different things that we see in some of those horses that have been there, done that, had two or three jobs come to us, you know, what things do we need to look out for? What things we don't. And I heard a lot of discussion about, you know, even talking about like navicular or something like that, where if we can manage them and you have a way to manage some of those horses better, um, can really ultimately work well for our program. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I heard some discussion around that as well. I think another theme overall that we heard was just that like with Hetcher university live specifically, people really appreciated being able to see the horses put hands on the horses, you know, we did uh, saddle fit and people got to really like just put their hands in their eyes and wrap it or wrap your minds around it. Um, I don't know, Cassie, if you have any perspective. Um, talking and networking with other facilities and, and people in our industry, it made me realize we have problems all across the board mm-hmm. that are related, you know, smaller centers, bigger centers. We see the same things. So mm-hmm. That made me feel, you know, a little bit yeah. better and comfortable that we do see those um, same cases, the same horses, mm-hmm. similar, I should say, similar horses. Right. Similar you feel cases. like you like weren't so alone yeah. <laughs> out here with your problems. Absolutely. <laughs> Very good. Edie, do you have any other um, comments on the difference between sitting in a classroom versus being able to be in the arena and get those skills that way? So I think with saddle fit, especially like that's not a PowerPoint. That's not a, I'm going to read a book and learn more about it. Mm-hmm. That's a hands-on and, and our team has learned that by, you know, saddle fitting hundreds and hundreds of times, mm-hmm. you know, when we figure we have 30 horses in our herd and every one of them gets saddle fit, you know, three to four times a year. And we have 25 saddles are fitting on each one. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a lot of practice and, and really saddle fit is a lot of practice. And I also feel like saddle fit is that, Again, one of those, the more you know, 
the more you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and but we can learn and we can do our best to make sure that our horses are set up to be most successful at their job by, you know, doing that, making sure their equipment fits. And, you know, I don't know that a lot of people have thought about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I know early on in my career, I didn't think mm-hmm. about saddle fit. And now it's such an important part of our program. Like, it, it makes a difference. Yeah. You might think to yourself like, oh, this is, you know, this conference is offering saddle fit. I'm not the equine manager. Why does that matter to me? Right. You know, as an instructor or a therapist, it matters a lot because mm-hmm. our horse behavior changes and therefore our quality of our session changes. Right. Yeah. So if you see that saddle fit is not fitting that horse or, or we don't know that, you might see it in behavior. That horse's attitude is that horse nipping. Mm-hmm. Is that horse's ears pinned? Um, it affects movement as well. Um, is that horse getting pinched? Is that stride getting shortened? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's not a therapeutic benefit to our student, um, and that's going to affect that. Yeah, it just we have to go back to education. Always, we go back to educating our instructors and our therapists on what other culprits. You know, could it be? Could it be the saddle? Could it be the horse leader? Could it be that my sidewalker's jacket was tickling them in the flank, you know, while we're walking around? And it's like the more time and energy we spend investing into our instructors and in our, into our therapists on training their eye, you know, teaching them and putting them through kind of the, the um, you know, paces on some of that stuff, the better our lessons are, the less burnt out our horses are, right? And the more smoothly I think everybody runs, right? Absolutely. So... If we think about conference as a whole, what are there? What are some things that you guys would like to see more of, or like to see change when it comes to attending conferences or getting access to quality education for instructors? I feel like um, that, especially at the region level, because I feel like that's a place where more people can come. Right? It's probably mm-hmm. more realistic to travel because you can likely drive. Um, the cost is going to be less. Your time away from your program is less. Right. Typically, it's a region, lot of sacrifice to yeah. head out to a conference. Typically, region programs are offered during a time like for us. We just did it here in February. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of programs aren't running in February in the yeah. Midwest because of weather. So mm-hmm. people have time; they can take that time away. So I feel like the quality of education there it, it needs to be quality education, mm-hmm. and it needs to be varied. So we need to be hearing about you know, disability awareness from people, you know, therapists. We need to be hearing about um, horse handling and conditioning from horse managers that are that are managing a larger mm-hmm. herd because they can give us a big, a bigger perspective mm-hmm. that might then fit to what our program looks like. And so I feel like it's important that that education is is high high quality. Yeah. And varied. Yeah, I like that that comment on be, it being variable because when you go to a conference, you might be the volunteer coordinator or you might be the equine manager and we need to be able to have a variety of things that we can all benefit from, right? This podcast is sponsored in part by Wooden Horse Corporation and the Equisizer. The Equisizer, a handcrafted, non-motorized mechanical horse, is currently being used by hundreds of equine assisted services programs worldwide. The Equisizer requires no electricity, tools, or maintenance and can be used anywhere, indoors or out, for evaluations, warm-ups, stretching before lessons, mounting and dismounting practice, emergency procedures, or volunteer training. The Equisizer can also aid in reducing fear 
and building confidence for both students, clients, and volunteers. It can easily carry the weight of two adults, offering the option to ride tandemly for those riders who may need more support. To learn more about the Equisizer for your equine-assisted activities, visit equisizer.com. That's E-Q-U-I-C-I-Z-E-R.com. Um, Cassie, this was your first conference, right? Yeah, it was very exciting. What'd you think? Did you, um, did you take away some things from conference? Tell me about how your, your brain was doing during all this education. (laughs) Uh, the biggest takeaway, honestly, that I have is most of the presenters were, were local to our community Mm -hmm. and, or, or in our organization. So I think it, it just showed me the amount of resources that you have in your community, not just alone at your, your, your center. Um, so that was very eye-opening to me, you know, your vet, the, you know, QLI, your, your outreach centers that you have there. That was, that was interesting. Yeah. We had some local people from like different, um, community, uh, foundations, organizations like that, that there are resources in our communities that I didn't even know we had that showed up to educate us. And I took away a lot just from that. That's a good perspective for sure. Um, so, so one thing I had to add that I would change if I did this conference again is that we had most of our more administrative topics against our programming topics. Mm. And I think that's a problem because I think that um, most centers, you're wearing all of those hats. So yeah. if you... Um, are the C- the ED, your executive director, and you're the volunteer coordinator, and you're helping do the horse, and you're instructing, it's you get torn between what do you want to go to. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us are horse people. All of us are programming people. We want to go to the programming stuff because that, right, that fills our cup. That's right. interesting. That's why we do this. But we have to know about grant writing. We mm-hmm. have to know about working with foundations. And we have to know about that stuff. That's a good so point because I... If I was a grant writer and I was in the arena and I was given the choice to go to either grant writing or some disability education that I wanted to know about, I probably, I love any grant writers listening. You guys are doing a great job. I'm probably going to choose the programming one, right? Right. And and so I think that is something I would have a, just an administrative t- track that mm-hmm. everybody could go to because mm-hmm. I think everybody could benefit. It, you know, if you never write a grant for your program, because your program has somebody else that does that, I'm going to guess that that grant writer is coming to you saying, I need to know how to evaluate that program. I mm-hmm. need to know how many times that horse was used. I need mm-hmm. to know what the benefit of that type of saddle is. So you're participating in that process anyway. So figuring out how it all works so that you can be a better partner with that yeah. person is going to be really helpful. How do you foresee that then, Edie? Do you see that as a like... There's like two tracks and each track has a little bit of everything kind of deal. And you go to everything within your track. What's your ideal conference lineup? I haven't thought that far into <laughs> it yet. Um, but I, I did see that because I, I saw that the, a lot of those um, more administrative were um, not as well attended. Mm-hmm. They, they still had good attendance, but not as well attended. And I just, I'm not sure. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you, you save your morning for more administrative and maybe you have two administrative topics mm-hmm. and then your programming topics go yeah. back and forth. Or maybe you offer some of the more popular topics a couple times so yeah. that people can slip into some of those administrative things they want to do. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure how it would work. Cassidy, 
you came to conference your first time. What, what were the majority of the sessions that you chose? Were they like, were they more equine related? Cause that's what you do. Did you go to programming? Did you go to grant writing? No, I I did not. Sorry, Lucy. (laughs) Yeah, so it just, I don't know. That's an interesting, if anybody's listening right now and has a suggestion on how to do that better, let us know because, um, spoiler alert, we are going to do another conference. So um, we're going to offer another Hutcher University Live, and we want to just share more quality education with everybody and an opportunity to be in person um, here in Gretna in our arena with our beautiful horses and um, in our facility. So if you have uh, any suggestions on how that might work, let us know. Um, any other wrap-up, follow-up things that you guys want to share about conference um, or your experience hosting that this year? I mean, it takes a village that mm-hmm. is not, I mean, you don't put a conference on in, you know, with one day prep work. I mean, you guys worked on that for a really long time and we had a lot of team members that participated in helping, making sure that that was a very top quality conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to thank you guys for doing such a great job on that. Um, you got to have the team behind you to be able to do that. Hetra's extremely blessed. Um, that we have a large team and a large facility that we can do something like that. Not every program is blessed to be able to do that, but you might be able to partner with somebody else in your, Mm -hmm. you know, in your community. So like, and I'm just throwing this out there, but like QLI is here in our community. That's a large rehabilitation center. You know, maybe they would be somebody you could partner with for Mm -hmm. some continuing education and, you know, something to bring others to the community as well. So, yeah, yeah, sure. I like that. That's a good um, takeaway, I think, for people that um, might not have as many staff within their centers that are either comfortable presenting or, you know, everybody wants a little education and not have to do all the work. Right. So um, reaching out to community members like we reached out to our vet. And she came out and did that presentation. And that was awesome. Like we work with her almost every day on different things. And I walked away with so much information from that presentation. So yeah, getting creative with where you can get education, um, even calling different centers and saying, hey, will you do a Zoom you know, presentation for us or do something like that? I think getting creative with that. Well, I think from a region standpoint too, let's look at who that might be just outside our region Mm -hmm. that we would like to invite that Mm -hmm. might be willing to come in and present. So we've gone and presented at other regions Mm -hmm. and, and have, you know, liked that opportunity. So looking at those individuals as well. Yeah. Anything you're looking forward to for like a next conference or something that you'd be excited to see differently or learn more? Um, definitely an equine roundtable. I know we had a few of those during some networking times, but I'd love to ask more questions, you know, know how other centers run things and their ideas and, and kind of bounce ideas off of each other. So, yeah, I think that networking part is something that like, I don't know, sometimes I see the word networking on a conference agenda and I'm like, oh, do I really want to go? And, you know, are they going to make me play icebreakers and, you know, like all that thing, but it doesn't have to be scary or formal. It can be something super informal, like, Hey, we're a bunch of horse managers sitting around a table. Let's talk about some problems that you have or whatever. And I think that networking piece goes, um, yeah, underrated. Yeah. Just the quality networking that happens when we all get together. And I think that's the point of getting together in person, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, some of it, some of us have been in this field a long time. We see people we haven't seen in a while. So it's great to catch up with them. We get to meet new people. 
Um, but we get to find out what people are doing and, and how they're doing it and what piece of that might we be able to take away and, and utilize in our program if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am with you. I'm not an extrovert. I'm an introvert. So <laughs> networking stuff can give you like, but you, it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. And, and please participate. And, and you're going to take as much away from that as you do the the educational pieces of things. For sure. We all do things a little differently, especially in the horse world. You know, every horse is different, just like every person is different. So someone somewhere has done something, I'm sure, that can help you. And like you said, Edie, I think it's good to close on. If you think you know it all, (laughs) better hang it up because you got a lot more to learn from there. So thank you very much, both of you, for sitting down with me and just kind of rehashing some conference stuff. It was it was a long weekend. We put in some hours on it and we we all took a nice uh, nap there after it was over, but it was definitely worth it. Absolutely. All right, Cassidy, I can't let you go. I was going to let you sneak out of this one, but I just don't think I can. So Edie already answered our golden rule. She was on a couple episodes ago. So go back and listen to her. Um, she did the first episode of the year. So I'll link that in the show notes. Go listen um, to Edie's. But Cassidy, we end the podcast with the same question. And this year, the question is, what is your golden rule? So if someone were to remember something like Cassidy really lived her life by that, what was it? Can I have two? You can have two. You can have two. Okay. Two my, golden rules. My first one is I always say the horse comes first or we are the horse's advocate. Mm. Um, and horses are so, so humbling. I always say that. Well, thank you. I couldn't let you escape without that. All right. Well, we'll look forward to the next time I have you both on the show because we know this won't be the last. This podcast is presented by Hetcher University, the educational arm of Heartland Equine Therapeutic Writing Academy in Gretna, Nebraska. Hetcher University's mission is to provide high quality educational offerings to the EAS community. Check out all the Hetcher University has to offer at www.hetcheruniversity.org.